welcome. My name is Michael Asetta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledge Dogs Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about body sensitivity on the podcast as well as how protection training uses body sensitivity and how you could implement what they do to make it easier for you to handle your dog and manipulate them without the fear of getting bit or causing your dog more stress. So stay tuned till the end of the episode. We're going to be talking about protection training. But first, you got to understand what body sensitivity is and how we traditionally teach our dog to be comfortable with being handled. Now, it's a hell of a lot easier to do this with a young dog, with a puppy. And actually, a lot of kennels and professional trainers, if they're breeding dogs to use for work, uh, service dog, police work, military work, that kind of thing, they have systems in place. They actually have procedures written out on what you need to do with a puppy from eight weeks old until they start training. Week by week, sometimes day by day, what they're going to do with those puppies to get them used to being handled. This could include spinning them, flipping them upside down, holding them on their back for an extended period of time. All of those things are going to get them used to being handled and manipulated by human beings so that they don't really care. As they get older, they don't mind going to the vet, they don't mind being thrown into a car, they don't mind being picked up for whatever reason, and it makes it a hell of a lot easier for them. They can take that piece out of the training as an adult, right, the adult learning part. They can take out the body sensitivity part because the dog already knows what's going on. They're like, okay, whatever. They handle their feet, their nails, they pick up their legs randomly, they play with their tail, they do very, very simple versions of veterinarian exams to make sure that that dog is comfortable and confident whenever it goes somewhere new and gets handled by somebody new. If you have a puppy, you should be doing this with your dog every single day. Every day. Now that used to be amazing advice, And it is still amazing advice. You should be working with your dog every day. But we're going to go over how to teach this appropriately in modern day terms. The old way to get your dog to be comfortable with being handled was to have your dog eat breakfast and dinner, and you're going to touch them while they're eating. I want to talk about this early on in today's episode because it is vital for you to stop doing that if you're doing it. If you're a new dog owner, if you have a puppy or a young dog, And you were told, oh, just touch your dog while they're eating. I'm telling you right now, that is not a good idea. It is not a good idea. And some of you are like, well, everything's been fine so far. That's totally fine. You can do it your way, or you can do it my way, or you can do it someone else's way. That's totally fine. But I would go with a person who's worked with 12,000 dogs and who has seen a little bit more than maybe your friend who's giving your advice. And I know that sounds pretty harsh. It's meant to be harsh. Because at the end of the day, if you do that and it doesn't go perfectly well, you are going to get bit. Your dog is going to develop uh, aggression with resource guarding, and you are going to get bit when you even get close to your dog. That is the potential. And the rise of resource guarding dogs has gone exponentially up because that was a form of advice. Touch your dog while they're eating. What ends up happening is you touch, their, you touch your dog, they become tense, And then you stop touching them because you're told to do it very short in the beginning, right? So my dog's eating. I'm going to touch them for two seconds. Then I'm going to pull my hand away and then they can go back to eating. Then I'm going to touch them for two seconds and then they're going to eat. I'm going to touch them for two seconds. Every time you touch them, they become tense and tense and tense. 
And then you pull away and they go, oh, great. Becoming tense gets mom and dad to take their hand away. And then the next day you do three seconds. So then they build up the tolerance to becoming more tense. They go, okay, I'm going to be tense for three seconds instead of two. Then I'm going to become tense for five seconds. Then I'm going to become tense for 20 seconds, a minute. And you might have a dog that's resource guarding just becoming stiff and tense for 15 minutes. I've seen it happen where dogs just – they stand there, very you know, grinned face, the teeth is showing, and they're just tense for a very long period of time. If you were going to go the training route of just waiting them out until they get comfortable, it's going to take a while. This is not what we recommend to owners anymore. This is not the recommendation by veterinarians at least educated veterinarians on behavioral training. Not every veterinarian is trained on behavior, just so you know. Not every veterinarian knows what they're talking about when they say behavioral recommendations. So if they're trained and they're up to date on behavioral recommendations, then they would know this is not the way to do it anymore. We do not put our dog in a situation to stress them out intentionally like this, accidentally creating resource guarding. So how do you do it? Well, there's two main ways to teach your dog to be okay with being touched. There's two main ways. Now, of course, there's 800 ways. There's more ways to train a dog than there are trainers to think them up. I love that quote by Karen Pryor. There's more ways, or there's as many ways to train a dog as there are trainers to think them up. But the two main ways is either to reward your dog with food while you touch them to build a positive association or to shape the behavior. I personally prefer the shaping of the behavior, but sometimes that can be challenging if you don't have a practice in shaping, if using a clicker or a marker. So the first way, let's talk about the first way. Just take a handful of food and feed your dog. That's step one. Get your dog comfortable eating from your hand. That's the easiest way to do it. They're eating from your hand. They're not tense. They don't already have resource guarding issues. If you already have resource guarding issues, Call my office, 516-659-6287. Let's talk about it. We can figure out what we need to do to get you and your family on the right page. If your dog already has resource guarding issues, call my office. If your dog does not have resource guarding issues, hand, give them treats, they're eating it, and then you touch them and then pull the hand away that's touching them before you pull the treats away. This is going to make a positive association. I put my right hand out with treats. They're eating it. I touch them with the left hand. I pull the left hand away. Then I pull the treats away. And they go, oh, I only get treats when I'm being touched. Cool. And you're going to slowly build up the time that way. Now, it's not my favorite method. Doing it like that is not my favorite method, although it is very effective if you are uneducated on marker and clicker training. If you have a good set of technique and experience and skills behind you on marker training and clicker training, then you can do this technique much faster with your dog. You're simply going to shape the behavior of them choosing for you to touch them. So you can put your left hand out, they're going to rub up against it, you're going to mark and give them a treat. It's that simple. And you're going to build on that. So maybe they rub their head against your hand, mark and reward. This is completely by their choice. So what does that mean? They are choosing to interact with you. There's no force put on it. And some of you might say, well, then my dog's got to get used to it. You're absolutely right. But whose responsibility is it to teach? My dog or me? 
Whose responsibility is it to learn in college? Is it the teacher's responsibility to teach? Or is it the student's responsibility to learn? Which is it? Depends on what side you're on. Many people say, well, the student has to learn whether the teacher teaches it or not. They have to go home. They got to get their textbook. Then why are they paying the teachers? They should just pay moderators to take tests. It's responsibility of the teacher to make the information digestible for the learner because that's what the teacher's job is. Literally what the teacher's job is. Take information that is complex and dynamic, break it down into something that's digestible and easy to understand, and then develop it to where it can be understood at a complex and dynamic level. That is the responsibility of a teacher, and that's the responsibility of you as a dog owner when you take on the responsibility of having a dog. You're going to teach your dog how to exist in the complex world that we live in. And so when your dog chooses to come up and accept affection and rubbing and touching on their own accord, then you reward that. They're going to be more likely to want to engage in that type of interaction, in that type of affection. If you are forcing them one way or another to accept you touching them, they have the opportunity to want to back away. Now, if we go back to the first example, if I'm feeding them from my right hand and I go to touch them with my left and they back away, but somehow still get a piece of food, let's say they're still eating it, it was still in their mouth, they get rewarded for backing away. I don't have as much control. Even though I'm not forcing my dog to do something, I still have control over the situation. Those are not opposing Right? I can have control over the situation even though I release a little bit of that control and that free will to my dog choosing to come up and be pet. It's a very, very dynamic way of thinking. So I recommend that way for you and your dog. I want my dog to learn how to be comfortable with me holding them. I'm going to have them come up to me. I'm going to mark and reward when I pet them, and then I'm going to move on from there and practice more. Now, there's... Three different levels to body sensitivity and body handling. Now, body sensitivity does not just mean being comfortable being touched. Body sensitivity could be fear-based. It could be aggressive-based. It could be pain-induced, right? Pain-induced aggression. If you go to touch your dog and they wince away and they run away, it could be because they have a, a sore spot, right? Maybe they have an underlying condition internally. Maybe they have a bone structure problem. You'd have to get those checked out. If it's fear-based, it could be because of strangers. It could past experiences, early experiences in their life. Or it could be chemistry. Your dog just could be a little jittery, a little more anxious. So sometimes behavioral medication could take a big advance in your body sensitivity training. But there's also three levels on how you train this. There's doing it yourself. There's familial. And then there's complete strangers. So doing it yourself is what I've just described. You are the one touching your dog. You are also the one rewarding your dog. They came up, you rubbed them, and then you gave them a treat. Super simple. The second way is with family and friends. These are people that your dog most likely knows, but perhaps does not have the same level of trust as they do with you. So this might be a friend that comes over once or twice a week that your dog's friendly with, but doesn't really care about, right? Doesn't feel one way or the other. Doesn't get too excited and doesn't shy away. But if your friend went to go reach for the dog, they might be more sensitive about it. 
So what you can do is either have your friend replicate what you've done. They hold the clicker, they hold the treats, they're in charge of the process, and they would be doing it by themselves, right? The DIY version is them doing it by themselves. Or, and this is a little more advanced, you can have your dog go up to them, get touched, and then you'd mark and have them come over to you to give them a treat. And I think this is wonderful. If you can do this, it gives your dog an out, right? It gives them the opportunity to leave the individual to take the stress of being touched off because in this case, our dog does not want to be touched, right? That's why we're working on body sensitivity in the first place. Our dog doesn't want to be touched. And so we're going to move them away and I'm going to give them a treat. Side note, because I don't think I mentioned it before. If your dog has pain-induced aggression or you think it's an underlining health issue, go see a veterinarian. Do not try to do body sensitivity training if you think it's a medical health issue. You need to go see a veterinarian and get that handled first because you could make it 10 times worse. If your dog has pain-induced aggression, which means something on their body hurts and when you touch it, they become aggressive, no amount of sensitivity training is going to make that pain go away. Go get the pain fixed, and most likely you won't have to do any body sensitivity training. You just get the pain handled, boom, you're done. You don't have to do training. Maybe you have to do a little bit of training afterwards, but in most cases, the dog doesn't feel pain, and therefore, they're okay with it. If you do it too long, you're right, your dog has a lot of pain for a long period of time, they're going to develop the habit of accidentally getting touched there and becoming aggressive. And they're conditioned to it, so the next time it happens when there is no pain after you get it fixed, they're going to wince when you touch them, even though there was no pain. Okay, back to what I was talking about. So you could have an individual touch your dog, pet your dog, rub your dog, and then the dog moves away back to you. You mark and you give them a treat. So again, they're choosing to go get touched in order to get a treat. We're manipulating the situation to our advantage. You're keeping them successful by not pushing them too far but you're giving them the opportunity to earn reinforcement by letting someone else touch them. Now that is familial. Friends, family. It's going to be way easier for your dog to do this than the third step, which is strangers. Complete and utter strangers. Since you just worked on both versions of having your dog go get the treat from the individual that they're working with or getting touched and then coming back to you, you can do the exact same thing with a stranger. You're going for a walk. Someone wants to say hi. You're friendly with. You trust them. You say, hey, here's a couple treats. Would you mind just rubbing my dog and giving him treats? This is after a lot of training and you trust that your dog is going to be okay with another individual. If your dog has some type of aggression, I would not do this for a very long time. And you should definitely have a professional guide you through this process. After you have the other individual interact with your dog and give them treats, maybe you go back to version two. Have your dog go back up and recall them back, give them a treat. Veterinarian, groomer, strangers, kids in some cases. You got to be, you got to have good judgment with kids because kids will do the wackiest things. You'd be like, oh, can they pet your dog? Yeah, you let your dog go and then they're pulling on the dog's ears. That's not what you want. But that does play into body sensitivity. You should teach your dog all of those things. I can pull on your ears. I can grab your toes. I can, right? All of those things fall under body sensitivity. So if you do an amazing job and you've practiced a lot, I mean, a couple months, then maybe you trust other kids to pet your dog and your dog will be fine with it. 
depends on your situation, depends on the dog, and depends on your level of trust with those individuals and your dog. But you want to do this with everybody you could possibly find. Not to the point where your dog gets excited when they see other people and becomes reactive. Right? Reactive doesn't necessarily mean aggression or fear. Could be they're overly excited about other people and other dogs. But you want your dog to be comfortable with other people touching them. In the event you pass out for whatever reason or you trip and get hurt and you drop the leash, you don't want your dog running away from other individuals. You would want them to go, ooh, a person. Maybe if they come over here and they pick me up, I'll get a treat. That's what we want. So that's what you want to practice. Literally, that scenario, you could practice over and over again. And when I used to hold in-person classes, that's what we would do. We, we'd practice yelling at our dog and having them be confident and, and actually excited to hear someone yelling at them. Because you never know when the real-life situation is going to hit you, and you better have done all the training to prep for it. Training is for real life. Now, I mentioned earlier about protective training. And these are actually oppositions. Body sensitivity training and protection training are completely opposite. Protection training is about creating distance. Dog is barking to get you to go away. That is the whole goal of them barking. They go to bite you to get you to go away. Clearly, protection training, serious protection training, is a little sharper than that. It's a little cleaner than that. There's intention behind certain things. But at the very, very rudiment level, I bark at you, you walk away, I feel good, great. That's the goal. Body sensitivity is the complete opposite. I want that individual to come closer and to touch me so that I can get a treat. That's what your dog is thinking. That person, when they pet me, I get a treat. If I bark at them, they will go away, I don't get a treat. But if your dog is doing protection, I bark at them, they leave, good, I win. So how do they then use protection training and body sensitivity together? Well, if protection training says, well, I'm going to bite you, and now I have to hold on, let's say you're apprehending somebody as a police dog, if that dog bites an individual, that dog has to hold on until help arrives, until another officer shows up. Sometimes they send another dog. So that dog needs to be comfortable being touched all over their body, all over their body, in order for that dog to be effective at their job. If that decoy, the individual who gets bitten by the dog, if that decoy were to touch them in the right leg, the back leg, and that dog lets go of the bite to see, what are you doing with my leg? Now we have a problem. Now the dog's off the bite. They either have to rebite, which is a problem, or in a very dangerous situation, the individual has the opportunity to hurt the dog, and that's no good. So you have to teach body sensitivity to protection dogs and working dogs because they need to understand that their body is fine. They don't need to care about anything else, let alone just moving them around in the car, putting things on them, booties, uh, vests, jackets, goggles, all of those things they have to be accustomed to. And that's a form of body sensitivity. If you put something on your dog and they freeze up, they can't move, they're sensitive. We don't want sensitive dogs in the working world. We need strong dogs that don't really care about their, their physical body. Like, whatever. My limbs go sideways. It doesn't matter. Those are amazing working dogs. So one way to do this and replicate this in your own life, if your dog is toy motivated, play tug with them and slowly start to touch the rest of their body. If you touch them and they let go of the tug toy, that means that they're sensitive in that area. So you need to go slower. This might mean you just bring in your hands in the air. 
instead of actually rubbing them. Just bring your hand close to them while you're playing tug. And every time you touch them, play tug a little bit harder. Could this create resource guarding tendencies? Absolutely. The same way that the beginning, when I was talking about food, could do it. So you have to do all those other behavioral body sensitivity trainings first. Then you can start to implement this style of training. If your dog is good with everything else, it shouldn't take that long to get to this stage. But if your dog is struggling with everything else, then there's no way you should be doing this. Playing tug with your dog and touching them is very exciting. There's a lot of stimulation. Your dog is over the moon thinking, right? They are so elated about playing tug that they're not going to think clearly. And if you have a dog that's already very, very short in their temper, and they're going to snap at you at the slightest little thing, playing tug is going to exacerbate that problem. The more excitement they have, the less focus they have. There is a balance, right? If your dog has no excitement and they move up and they're like, okay, I'm getting a little excited. I'm excited to work. That's focus. We get too excited. We go back down the hill and there is no focus. That's the potential for playing tug with your dog and touching them. So you need to do all that other training first. Understand your dog personally on a personal level and how they handle that kind of stress and then start to do it with tug. And then that would relate to, if you're doing protection work, the decoy. So you might also want to do it with different equipment. Rub your dog with a stick. Okay, rub your dog with a tarp. That's body sensitivity too. All of those weird feelings and things are going to help your dog understand that nothing touching them is a problem. Nothing at all touching them is a problem. If you want to learn more about the daily life skills that help guide our dogs through the complexities of our life and make it easier for you to take care of and enjoy your dog, head over to matadorcanine.com slash daily life skills. Matadorcanine.com slash daily life skills. The link will be in the description. Thank you guys for listening today. If you have topics or questions that you want me to cover, make sure you let me know on social media or email me at matadorcanine.com.